0: Welcome to Fresh Fusion, a weekly show where we discuss the business, the art, the ethics of content creation on the open web, and the Fediverse. My name is Jared White, and this is episode 104. I, for one, do not welcome our robot overlords. All right, folks, it's been a minute. (laughs) So much has happened. So much has happened. Certainly out in the world, but uh, even here in my my little studio, uh, Intuitive Plus is here, folks. That's right. The subscription platform I've been talking about for a while now that I've been diligently working away on has finally launched uh, the, the course for web developers I've been working on, CSS Nouveau, is now available through Intuitive Plus. And if you're a web developer, I encourage you to check that out. Um, but for the purposes of this show, uh, Intuitive Plus comes with Fresh Fusion Plus, which is the, the member special version of the show. So if you're listening to this in the normal feed that you normally listen to the show in, I think I said normally twice there, <laughs> uh, however that goes, if you're listening to Fresh Fusion the way you've always listened to it, uh, you're just getting the regular show now if you want the super duper show the special version of fresh fusion fresh fusion plus then you'll want to head over to plus.intuitivefuture.com and there are links to that in the show notes and by signing up for intuitive plus you can get that special feed for fresh fusion plus so stick around at the end of what seems like the normal show if you're on the plus version because i'll have a whole bonus segment to, to get into even more stuff. But for now, we'll go on to our regular segment. We're going to talk about AI today because, as usual, so much is happening. So much is happening in the world of AI. And uh, in my view, very little of it. <laughs> very little of it is good. Uh, so I recently talked on Mastodon a little bit about this. I was at a tea shop, a tea shop of all places, just recently, and a fellow approaches me uh, who who I'd seen earlier there because uh, I was sort of part of a whole group of people hanging out doing creative stuff, um, but we hadn't really gotten a chance to talk. Uh, So we struck up a conversation talking a little bit about web development and so forth, but uh, the topic quickly turned to uh, the idea that AI... AI folks is coming for the web developers. Just like so many other industries, uh, according to this fine fellow, uh, my job as a web developer writing HTML, CSS, and JavaScript to build web applications uh, will at some point become obsolete because AI will do it all. AI will manage the clouds. AI will build the business software. AI is going to automate all the things that needs to do on the web to make the world go round. And wah, wah, I will have to uh, figure out another profession or learn how to do prompt engineering or I don't know. I wasn't quite sure what I'm supposed to do in this brave new world where web developers are no longer needed. But, you know, it begs the question why would you want to live in this world why did why does anybody want to live in this world where ai apparently has taken over all the creative jobs all all creative effort is just stuff that can get churned out of the cloud (laughs) like we don't need programmers anymore uh for that matter we don't need writers anymore We don't need musicians anymore. We don't need actors anymore. We don't need project managers anymore. We don't need designers anymore. We don't need photographers anymore. Heck, we don't need lawyers anymore. We don't need politicians anymore. Maybe we don't even need scientists anymore. AI is going to do it all. But why? Why do we want to live in that world? That does not sound like the kind of world I would enjoy living in at all. <laughs> and, you know, as I'm recording this, like literally as I'm recording this, it seems like uh, the actor strike is over. It seems like SAG-AFTRA and what is it? AMT, PMP, whatever that acronym is. Anyway, the studios and the actors union seem like they've reached an agreement. And part of that agreement is to have a whole lot of protections in place so that actors both living and dead can't just get slurped up into AI (laughs) and regurgitated out into films and television. Uh, And I feel like, yeah, duh, we need those sorts of protections everywhere. Like every industry should be like diligently working to enshrine those sorts of protections because frankly, it's just, plain (laughs) absurd this idea that like oh we're heading towards a world where ai is just gonna do all the programming and all the writing and all the acting and all the music making and all the project managing and all the designing and all the this and all like no no it's not (laughs) and we don't want it to even if it could which in my view it really can't but even if it could we don't even want it see here's the thing most tools over the centuries that humans have developed, you know, that have stood the test of time, they've, they've had really clear benefits, right? Like the simplest of tools, having a hammer in your hand, it lets you pound a nail and you can't do that very easily otherwise. I mean, I guess you could just grab a rock or something and try to pound a nail with it, but like a hammer really gets the job done. So there's a clear win there. There's lots of other tools that are <laughs> clear wins, right? Like like putting a shower in your house with, with fresh hot water or even lukewarm water. I mean, that's better than wandering around outside to find a cold, possibly dirty little creek to try to bathe in, right? Like, like clearly a nice warm shower in the comfort of your own home, that's a clear win. That's a clear, clear win. And a lot of the other tools that we take for granted, you know, all of them are clear wins. You know, some things that are conveniences in our modern day lives maybe have other ramifications, such as, you know, uh, some adverse effect on the environment or, you know, there, there may be still issues that we need to be aware of. There may still be some ethical issues with various things. Um, but, you know, at least there's clear use cases. And... I, I would even go so far as to say uh, some, some things that people take for granted that are commonly lauded as, you know, look at this brilliant facet of of uh, modern civilization, uh, maybe not so great in a lot of ways. You know, the automobile, a real mixed blessing, as it turns out, you know, folks like me who are very much into the urbanist sort of agenda, <laughs> the urbanist agenda, uh, you know, see a lot of problems with automobiles and a lot of problems with how cars have transformed our world and kind of wish we could back out of a lot of those changes, right? Like, I'm not saying nobody should own a car, but there are certainly advantages to living in places where using a car is somewhat discouraged, to be honest. So, you know, that we have tools throughout the years, throughout the centuries that are clear winds and others that are kind of a mixed bag. And, A lot of this AI stuff, honestly, it's mixed bag at best. And in many cases, I'd argue it's it just flat out sucks. Like it really sucks. You know, people think having an AI in the cloud that can just write a screenplay for you is going to be great. But no, it's not (laughs) because an an AI living in the cloud. That's, thats And we're not talking, like, real intelligence at all, of course. Like, we're nowhere even close to even being able to articulate how AGI could work, artificial general intelligence. Uh, you know, we I'll get to that in a minute, but, like, we're not even close to being able to articulate, like, how AGI could work in theory, let alone even know how to build it. Um, but the idea that we have these, you know fancy-pants algorithms just running on servers somewhere (laughs) along with the rest of the internet, Uh, just spitting out something novel and interesting, like a screenplay, or I would argue a really solid, useful application, right? Like, web applications are as much art as science, it's as much communication as utility, it's as much emotional vibe as it is, you know, objective uh, logic. Uh, There's so much that goes into many of the web applications that we use. And I would say a lot of the applications I like to use uh, showcase a lot of idiosyncrasies of the people that designed it. You know, it's not just some generic blob of stuff on a screen with buttons and form fields and whatnot. And I go clickety-click, click, clack, click, click, clack, and get something done. And I'm like, cool, now I'm out of here, right? Like, I have a relationship with the software I use. And by virtue of that, I have a relationship with the creators of the software that I use. So the idea that it's just going to get all spit out, it's just going to get spit out by AI. AI is just going to dump all the software we need onto the internet, and we'll just use that. Instead of hiring actual programmers and designers, it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. But anyways, um, I want to highlight some articles that have come my way, talking a bit more about some of this stuff. This this one this one was a real doozy. Uh, somebody I don't even care to mention who it was, but somebody writing for The Hill wrote an article called Why Self-Regulation is Best for Artificial Intelligence. And I'll just read you a couple paragraphs here because it is wild, folks. It is absolutely wild. First, artificial intelligence, AI, is more than an idea whose time has come. It is indelibly written into the fabric of our society. AI has grown from a theoretical academic concept to an indispensable tool in just about every sector imaginable. It has become ubiquitous and universal, transforming commerce, culture, industry, and individual lives the world over, fostering a new era of innovation. As AI continues to permeate our everyday lives, there's no doubt that regulation is necessary, but its direction should come from industry, not government and be guided by a set of industry-derived principles and best practices that are fair, transparent, and enforceable. (laughs) Wow, what is this guy on? (laughs) Because that's one hell of a ride. I don't know what the f*** he's talking about. To be quite honest, I have no idea what he's talking about. I'm not using AI really anywhere, except like what you might say is has been a, a sort of uh, layman's idea of AI in a very limited sense, like using S.I.R.I. <laughs> I won't say it out loud for real, but uh, using Apple's assistant voice assistant right? Like, is that AI? I guess. But like, I really think of it as as sort of a, a voice based command system, right? Like, instead of typing some commands at a command line while I'm at my computer, I can just say some commands that are, you know, fairly specific and fairly repeatable in the way that I say them. And I expect some fairly consistent and repeatable, uh, you know actions to be performed based on that it's it's not really intelligence in any real sense of the word and most of the other things i use that people are now sort of retconning into this bucket of ai i would call machine learning and it's really not about intelligence it's about you know simply like really good really advanced pattern recognition right like the fact that i can go into my photos and search cat And get a bunch of photos with cats in them. That's fantastic. That's really nice. Is that AI? No, I think calling that machine learning makes a lot more sense. And, you know, other things like dictation. I use dictation all the time. Dictation is amazing. Like, there's so much more we can do, especially when we're on our phones where it's hard to type a lot. It's amazing to be able to dictate so much. Is that AI? Like, really? It's just kind of crazy to me because I feel like so much of what has historically been called, you know, machine learning or these other sorts of advanced algorithms for pattern recognition and whatnot are now being retconned into this sort of bucket of AI, along with these like completely outlandish claims that the age of AI has finally arrived because now we can just pull up chat GPT and it can tell us everything we need to know and answer all of our questions. Uh, and I, I, think, I think it's a real bunch of BS. It really is. And furthermore, even if some of these AI tools, you know, chat GPT, etc., were as fantastically useful and, and groundbreaking as some people claim, plenty of people don't need them. Plenty of people don't use them. I don't use them. I don't really see much change at all in my life now compared to five years ago, ten years ago. AI hasn't changed anything for me, really. I mean, we had dictation ten years ago. The dictation of today is a lot better. Voice assistants have been around for a while now. Uh... People expect that they're going to be getting a lot better now. Uh, But like, I don't really care, to be honest. Like, I know some people keep saying like, oh, I wish voice assistant from Apple, (laughs) who I shall not name, wish it was so much better. Right. Apple should add something like chat GPT into that to make it so much better. I'm like, it's not going to make it better. It's not going to make it more accurate if I'm asking for some lights to turn off or I'm asking for something to be added to my to-do list, adding ChatGPT isn't going to make any of that more accurate, more reliable. I'm just going to have a bunch of other garbage to deal with. I'm going to be asking a question that I want to get answered through an actual source that's reliable like Wikipedia. Instead, it's going to mangle something together that's like only 60% accurate and 40% total nonsense. (laughs) That doesn't help me. Oh, i I just can't stand it. I feel like a lot of folks have been like taken under a spell almost, and I'm really waiting for the spell to be broken i'm I'm hoping we're now at the the pinnacle of the hype cycle with these generative AI tools and and we're starting to come out of it i'm I'm hopeful that I see signs that for a lot of people they're like. Yeah, that was that was a gimmick. It was kind of wild to play around with that for a while, but like, it actually wasn't that helpful after all. So you know, I'm kind of going back to my usual shtick. Like, I really hope we're seeing that more and more. You know, I I hear anecdotes that that's happening, but I don't know. We'll see. You know, at the end of the day, of of course, I I I would hope that you know, at some point in the future. Like, we have data from Star Trek, right? Like, it's cool to imagine, you know, it's cool to be a theorist, it's cool to be a futurist and imagine, like, someday, someday we'll have androids among us, and we'll have these these seemingly sentient, you know, intelligent beings walking among us that have artificial brains and artificial bodies and can do all these amazing things, and we have given birth to AI and Hopefully, we aren't enslaved immediately afterwards, like in the Matrix, right? Like, cool. It's fun to talk about that stuff. It's fun to think about it. But for people to imagine that, like, we're now on the road to that, like, everything we see coming from OpenAI or something Google's built recently or whatever, and, like, we're now on the road to that, like, going back to the gentleman I was talking about originally, like... He was trying to argue that things like like, you know, machine vision and being able to interpret prompts and provide outputs and things like these are the fundamental building blocks that are going to lead the way and eventually bring us to AGI. And I'm like. I have absolutely no belief that that's true. I don't think there's any evidence that that's what's happening. (laughs) Like that's pure speculation, Uh, I, I think ultimately whatever the path is that gets us to AGI is going to be way different than anything we have going on right now. Like it it may require like some fundamental building blocks of computing and how data works in computer systems. That's like radically different than what we have today. You know, maybe some kind of crazy new form of quantum computing or something. Who knows? But like the idea that you're just going to wander into a data center that has a bunch of x86 servers in a rack and, and, and an evolution of that in just a few years will run AGI. Like, what are you smoking? <laughs> and, you know, I wrote an essay a little while back called uh, Cloud of a Thousand Talking Cats. That was sort of a thought experiment. Uh, I won't go too into it because uh, I want you to go read it. But it was kind of me thinking through some of the ramifications of this, right? Because like, like let's assume for the sake of argument that in five years or 10 years, guess what? OpenAI wins. They succeed. Boom. Somehow, AGI has emerged in one of their data centers, and they believe they're talking to a new being who exhibits incredible intelligence and the ability to hold all kinds of amazing conversations for hours with all these different folks amazing everyone with with their you know their intellectual prowess and their ability to to come up with novel ideas and create art and blah 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 whatever right let's say this happens don't we then have an obligation as a society to grant that new ai that new being like autonomy and personhood and rights they can't just be enslaved to open ai and be like well you uh new ai being that's living in our data center now (laughs) get to work (laughs) we have five billion api requests coming in and we gotta make some sweet sweet cash here quick so uh get to work answer all those requests now (laughs) sorry no breaks (laughs) sleep artificial beings don't need to sleep. Uh, (laughs) Like, like, what is anyone thinking? What is anyone actually thinking about this stuff? Like the idea that OpenAI or any sort of like Silicon Valley style tech company run by a Silicon Valley tech CEO, like the idea that they're going to get to AGI and then woohoo, like we've done it. Like, that shouldn't be exciting for us. That should be terrifying beyond belief. You know, one of the interesting things about the story of Data in Star Trek is that, you know, he wasn't developed by Starfleet. Like, there there wasn't an assembly line, <laughs> you know, nearby where they built all the starships. Uh, you know, there wasn't some assembly line where they were cranking out Datas. Um, that That's actually, uh, like, something kind of along those lines that I don't want to give away spoilers if you haven't seen Picard season 1 but one of my least favorite things about Picard season 1 was was they kind of trivialized to a certain degree the the uniqueness of Data like they minimized to a certain degree like just how off the beaten track he was by kind of implying that you know Starfleet was was getting to the point where they could crank out datas or something close enough, right? Uh, like, that bothered me, because the thing I really love about the story of Data is he's a snowflake, right? He's an oddball. He's unique. Yeah, you know, they brought in other things later, like, oh, there's also lore, and he's the bad version of Data, and blah, blah. But, you know, like, the pure version of the Data story was essentially, like, like, there's this human-like android character here, called Data, but no one really has any idea what makes him tick. Nobody really has any idea what's going on in that positronic brain. He's kind of a black box. We don't even know who created him, really. And, you know, later they start to unpack some of that uh, backstory. But, like, Data was was truly uh, a, a, an artificial person unto himself. And I feel like if AGI ever does happen, it's probably going to happen like that. Like some crazy crackpot person or small team totally off the beaten track is somehow going to discover something by accident and it's it's going to get away from them and somehow will realize that like, oh, somehow this being has emerged, but it's going to be in this like really bizarre and haphazard sort of way that is possibly not even able to be duplicated, right? Like it was a freak experiment that somehow did something, right? (laughs) I I could very well imagine that. Uh, The idea that, you know, (laughs) Facebook, (laughs) right? Like Meta is going to come up with AGI in the next few years. Or uh, what's his name? John Carmack, Formerly of uh, creating creating Quake and other games, you know, like he's gonna come up with AGI and and have his his little company do that. Like, it's just really silly thinking. There's a lot of silly silly thinking out there, and I I wish we could just get past it. Right, like if I could snap my fingers and get past the hype cycle of all of this nonsense and get back to like the actual interesting business of building software and applications on the web and the interesting business of creating art and creating content for the web that other people can enjoy and interact with and all the wonderful stuff going on in the fediverse everything with activity pub and mastodon is really exciting and even some of the stuff meta has been doing lately with threads is pretty interesting and uh, you know, lots of other innovations like micromobility. You know, the the idea that uh, the 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 true the true electric vehicle that's going to transform society is not an electric car; it's an electric bike, it's scooters. Like that's really exciting stuff. I'm also actually really excited about uh, goggles. You know, virtual reality and all that stuff. Still, like you know, even though there's been kind of a lull with you know, how that might go in the market ultimately. And of course, we're all waiting for Apple's Vision Pro. It seems really cool, but it's also insanely expensive. So it's going to be years before any of that stuff can go mainstream. But like, I'm really excited about all of that. And of course, like people will say, you know, a lot of that stuff is powered by quote unquote AI, but uh, really it's all, you know, really advanced machine learning and really advanced algorithms running on, Neural engines and so on and so forth. Cool. I love all of that stuff. I'm happy to geek out about all of it. Chat GPT taking over the world. (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, All right. So finally, to to wrap up this rant here, uh, uh, there was a there was another crazy article that came my way that um, I believe uh, Business Insider was reporting this. And I was talking about Andreessen Horowitz, you know a f- famous venture capital firm uh and they're they're out sounding the alarm they're sounding the alarm that if if uh, large language models have to pay for all of the content they suck in as part of their training sets if they actually have to pay for all that content then uh it's gonna it's gonna take billions and billions of dollars out of the market and it's going to just totally disrupt the industry, the nascent AI industry and it's just all awful. Let let me read you some of this article cuz like I I don't know how anyone can process this sort of stuff with a straight face. Like I don't know <laughs> as someone on LinkedIn said who had linked to this and that's how I originally found out about it. Is this the Onion? So let me read this to you. Andreessen Horowitz is warning that billions of dollars in AI investments could be worth a lot less if companies developing the technology are forced to pay for the copyrighted data that makes it work. The VC firm said AI investments are so huge that any new rules around the content used to train models, quote, will significantly disrupt, quote, the investment community's plans, and expectations around the technology, according to comments submitted to the U.S. Copyright Office. Quote, The bottom line is this, the firm known as A16Z wrote, Imposing the cost of actual or potential copyright liability on the creators of AI models will either kill or significantly hamper their development. A16Z argued that the only practical way LLMs can be trained is via huge amounts of copyrighted content data, including, quote, something approaching the entire corpus of the written word and an enormous cross-section of all of the publicly available information ever published on the internet. What the actual (laughs) f**k? What the (laughs) f**k? I mean, they're actually admitting it. They're actually admitting that the only way... Their, quote, AI, the only way that their large language models can do anything even remotely resembling useful novel output, useful utility for people engaging with these models, the only way it can sort of kind of half-assed work is by essentially slurping up all of human history, right? Right? The entire corpus of the written word. An enormous cross-section of all publicly available information ever published on the internet. I mean, they're, it, they're admitting it. They're admitting what I've been saying, what so many have been saying, that these people are just hoovering up, hoovering up everything you've ever written, everything I've ever written, everything you've ever published, everything I've ever published. All of the hard work, all of the blood sweat, and tears of our creative endeavors, the many hours, the many days, the many weeks, the many years we have put into our craft, honing our craft, building up our skills, engaging with other people in community, sharing knowledge, learning and growing, all of the things we do as creative people, everything we do as humans, they want to slurp it all up, And then regurgitate it all back out to us in some new and seemingly novel ways. And, of course, charge us for that privilege. But are they going to pay for all that? No. They can't. They won't. I don't know how anyone cannot be unbelievably disturbed by attitudes like this. It is despicable. It is despicable. That's why I don't use ChatGPT on principle. That's why I don't use GitHub Copilot. That's why I don't use a lot of these tools. Not only do I not think they're actually that useful, but I find it unethical to use them because of comments like this. This is what you are contributing to, right? This is what you are contributing to as users of these tools. And it's really disturbing, folks. It's grim. Maybe at some point in the future, there will be fully open source and free models trained on stuff that's only been opted in, that people freely share for the purposes of training models. Maybe. Maybe so. And maybe some of them will be useful in certain cases. And maybe at some point, I will examine some of these and feel like, you know, I feel like it would be ethical for me to use this. I I wouldn't feel... Dirty and gross. Using this, I, I, it makes sense how this works. It, it's it seems fair, but most of the stuff people are using on a daily basis today in this space, it's not fair. It's not fair at all. It's it's grim. So <laughs> anyway, I encourage you to check out these links to read up on this stuff. You know, I, I'm always surprised when I start to get in arguments with folks, and, and they seem like they're genuinely asking me like. Well what are the issues you you say it's unethical to do this what are the issues in your eyes like what is it that's bothering you about this like like i need to like come up with a, some kind of list or some kind of like general explanation of like what's the problem shouldn't we all know by now it's like if i tell somebody i don't smoke uh, yeah i don't i don't smoke cigarettes you know i don't I don't smoke. I don't use tobacco. And somebody's like, whoa, what are the health issues you're concerned about regarding smoking? Like, like, why wouldn't you smoke? I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts, Jared. Why? Like, everybody just knows. <laughs> and sure, lots of people still smoke. You know, people will still smoke even knowing that they're probably going to get lung cancer. Okay, but they're going to smoke anyway, gosh darn it. Okay, I mean, there's... Nothing I can do about that, but, you know, if you ask me, should you probably quit? I'll say, yeah, right? Like, I feel like I shouldn't be having to explain why generative AI, built on the backs of human labor without compensating anyone for it, is is deeply disturbing and unacceptable. I, I feel like I shouldn't have to go to great lengths to explain all that, but, hey, that's the world we live in. All right, folks. Well, i uh, trying to think of how to end this on a happy note because I do want to talk about a few more things, but uh, those are topics saved for the Fresh Fusion Plus segment. Um, so I'll just say, once again, uh, it's really exciting to have this new platform out. It's really exciting that, that uh, plus.intuitivefuture.com It's finally here, Uh, so I encourage you to take a look there. It's not just this show, but it's also my creator class newsletter. Uh, I send out a bonus issue every month uh, just to members uh, with with even more content there around creating content and around uh, some of the the ideas and some of the challenges around how I approach content creation. Uh, Some of the same themes that you'll find here on this podcast as well. So if that's of interest to you, uh, please check that out. And if you're an Intuitive Plus member, please stick around a few more minutes as I close out the show, and then we'll get right on to the new Fresh Fusion Plus segment. All right, folks, that's it. My name is Jared White. Of course, you can find me at jaredwhite.com, and you can find past episodes of this show in the the normal feed uh, at jaredwhite.com slash podcast. Until next time, everybody, bye-bye.